0: Hey Scuttlebutt listeners, we are really excited today. This is the first day of Modern Day Marine. We're here at the Walter E. Washington Convention Center. And uh, we, I'm just <laughs> running into people <laughs> left and right who haven't seen yeah. in many, many years. And uh, we're really excited to be welcoming Colonel Rob Bailey uh, to the show. Sir, it's been a long time. It's really no, it's great, great to see you. It's great to see you too. Yeah, yeah and, thanks for yeah, being awesome. here. Yeah, excited to see you. Yeah, thanks. And. Also, we are here with
1: Major Joe Zikowski,
0: and you are.
1: I uh, work for MNRA. I'm the functional area manager for uh, the Mitzum portfolio, and I work uh, with Colonel Bailey directly.
0: Awesome. And then, are you an you're an acquisitions professional? I am not. Okay. So
1: I'm a communications officer by trade. Okay. And then I uh, am on my payback tour from NPS for an ITM degree.
0: Okay. Yeah. So the
2: so the relationship is so Joe's leading the modernization efforts for Deputy Commandant for MNRA. Uh, it works in uh, manpower information, kind of the CIO, G6, if we will, for MNRA. And, uh, you know, it's, what we're doing is getting after Talent Management 2030 uh, and modernizing the IT systems, you know. Uh, coming on, just came out with an update of Talent Management 2030 in March. You know, line of effort four is digital modernization and that's exactly what we're working on. So, like, I, I, the relationship with Joe and I have too, I'm the acquisition guy. Uh, Joe really represents the deputy commandant on that whole community for modernization about where they're trying to go, requirements, uh, kind of business uh, mission area prioritization, what we go after first, and he's got a great technical understanding of our as is the existing configuration. So it's you know it's his requirement mm-hmm. and, and representation of the senior leadership or whatever, and we're just trying to lash him up with the right partners and come up with acquisition strategies to be able to deliver that vision.
0: That's awesome. So I see that relationship a lot because, as we were talking before we started recording, sir. Um, we knew each other from when you were at AVTB. Yep. Um, and you always, you seem to always have an AM tracker in your hip pocket while you were there as well, right? And so. Yeah,
2: I mean, the, the, so for those who don't know, AVTB is the Amphibious Vehicle Test Branch. It's a crown jewel of the Marine Corps out there in the 21 area at Camp Pendleton. <laughs> Awesome organization, you know. Been uh, pushing the envelope of uh, amphibious operations for the Marine Corps since 1948. You know, great history and heritage there too. But I'm not an amateur tracker by primary MOS. I was an ac- you know, acquisition guy when I had the good fortune to be the director, uh, and I, I absolutely had to make sure. I mean, my customer was the salty amphibian community in the Marine Corps, and obviously the ground combat element that benefits from the you know amphibious and protected uh, mobility. And uh, it wasn't my requirement, you know, and so I had to make sure that that we were. You know, again, the worst fear from an acquisition perspective—I'm sure there are many—but one of the, I have, one of the ones I have too, is that, you know, we build the wrong thing perfectly, yeah, and you have right. got to make sure that you know, you, you know that things change. And there's a lot of different perspectives. There's a lot of different personas out there, even the salt amphibian community. Oh yeah. there's the Embark folks, etc. So, you know, similarly, uh, I with think MNRA, there's still some
0: high water speed people out there. <laughs> absolutely, I'm
2: sure there is, and you know, maybe one of these days for the Marine Corps, maybe delivered in a different way than it was envisioned, but. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to modernize this too and we have to make sure that we are, um, like the approach that we're taking on this too and, and Joe is so helpful in this too with MNRA because it's a, it's a big command with a lot going on too, but uh, it's all based from the user's perspective and we kind of build it from the inside out and we start like for example you know I'm proud we're working on a reenlistment application right now'll it be under contract in September and deliver that too but it's some Marines from MMEA one that you know because of Joe and the relationship there at MRA we can bring those guys out and make sure we understand exactly what problems they're trying to solve and what's a useful application for those Marines because they're the ones who are actually you know using it and uh, and again we want to make sure we get it right
0: yeah that's awesome I mean I- Obviously, there's so much talk about talent management, and it's nested in almost everything we're doing. I mean, you really can't have a stand in force, you really can't do EABO, unless you're putting the right people into those positions. Yep. Um, not to say that, like, well, when we were growing up, it was just like hand a Marine a rifle and then go to work, because obviously those Marines were doing some really great things. But we're really starting to talk about niche capability at this point, though, is that correct?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, you know you talk about when we were coming up, the you know, term kind of bloom where you're planted, and that's yeah, still yeah. a Marine Corps thing, but I think, um, you know, I mean, Joe Wayne here too, but I mean, so the common framed it well. He said, look, our our, our um, legacy systems are siloed and antiquated, and we are transitioning from an industrial area manpower management model that's inventory-based, right? And, you know, we bring in a certain number. We want to reduce non-AS attrition. We want to retain as many as we can, but we're bringing in 35 to 40,000 every year, and we're losing the same amount of number, et cetera, and i think the, the vision for the future for the future force is you know is kind of use the moneyball analogy a little bit there too is mm-hmm. our marines are always going to bloom with their planet but if we can put the best marines in the best right. spot based off of the needs of the service the needs of the commander uh, the abilities and skills and also the you know the desires and passions and ambitions of the individual marines and take mm-hmm. all those things into consideration that'll allow marines to be successful you know marines have you know things that are important to them in their lives I- as well and so sure. a, a good marine uh, is one that's you know performing well because all the other parts of their life are where they need to be and as long as you know those dreams ambitions desires and needs intersect with the needs of the service uh, and the needs of the commanders out there then it's a match and you're going to have a good performing marine who's going to want to stay in the marine corps because we're challenging them and giving them opportunities to excel.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean I think that's it does really go back to sort of leadership one-on-one. Yeah. yeah, we can always jam that square peg into the round hole, but Do we have to when there's so many round holes that wanna go around pegs that wanna go there? Yeah. Um, Well, so so we talked a little bit about your time at AVTB. Um, What what brought you into the acquisitions community? Because you were, if I remember correctly, you were a communications officer originally? No, I mean,
2: and you're not wrong for not knowing, because I've had a complete mud of a career, probably should not even be here anymore, but I started out as an 0802 artillery guy. Oh, that's right, artillery, yeah. Um, you know, always wanted to go into, uh, I love the Ford Observer part of that piece of it. Um, it was just, you know, so excited to go to Anglico. And at that time uh, in the Marine Corps, the, the, uh, the SRIG, you know, in the late 90s was rolled up, it went away and second Anglico went away for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was fortunate, I had an opportunity to go to the Force Reconnaissance Company and do a tour there, you know, much against the um, recommendations of my monitors and my primary, <laughs> et cetera. And then, just to exasperate the bad situation, I applied for Naval Postgraduate School <laughs> after that uh, and had no intention of doing a career in the Marine Corps. But I actually studied acquisition when I was at NPS, did a utilization tour, found it kind of intriguing and challenging. Worked on EFE, Expeditionary Fighting yep, Vehicle, yep. you know. Uh, and um, and then, Marine Corps established a primary MOS at that time, and I was kind of on the fence, but LAT moved. and. You know, in retrospect, I'm, I'm really glad I did, and it's, yeah. been, it's been a fun ride.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, Joe, how about you? Yeah, communications officer by okay. trade, and then um, did a tour in uh, 2007 early on, then went to Bahrain, Saudi Arabia, and then company commander nightcom, and then MPS for the information technology management degree, and now here working on a Mitzum with Colonel Bailey. Very cool,
0: very cool. And then, so, sir, as the uh, program executive officer for Manpower Logistics Business Solutions, Marine Corps Manpower IT Systems Modernization—mouthful, mouthful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Obviously, we're looking at the global climate, and the obviously the nature of warfare never changes, but the characteristics do. Mm-hmm. What are some of the challenges that you're seeing right now, being that you've had such a diverse career, and for Joe, you as well, um, what are some of the challenges that you're looking at as we are making really what can be defined as like a paradigm shift within the Marine Corps?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of challenges. I think it's, um, you know, I think one of the things, so a big mentor of mine in the acquisition community was, you know, was Mr. Gertz, the former, Uh, Navy Acquisition Executive. When when I worked at, I had a good opportunity, when I first moved into the acquisition community, I went to SOCOM, uh, what's now called ATL and worked in a program. At that time, Mr. Gertz was a colonel, he was PEO for fixed wing, and he was was awesome. He was innovative, he was super bright, seemed to have 40 hours in every day to get his stuff done, was engaging, just did amazing things, and it was not surprising to see his career move up to become the Acquisition Executive in the Navy. Uh, pretty quickly but I think one of the things he talked about was um, the concept of bold humility and the way he he framed that too is he's like you have to be uh, you know confident enough to know that, that you not only do you not know everything but you're not supposed to know everything but you need to be humble enough to like reach out and find who does know like who do I need on my team that can help us make good decisions and as a leader you're responsible and accountable, but you don't have to have all the answers, and you have to be humble enough to know that that's okay, mm-hmm. and go find the people that do. And and you know, I didn't go find Joe. Joe, this was already Joe's job. But um, you know, as I, I look to him and his technical background, he understands the Marine Corps from, you know, we're talking about manpower here too. He receives orders, right? He gets promoted, he gets assignments, you know, all these different things. He PCS's, um, but but his technical background too, and so it's. For me, it's absolutely critical to have uh, access to the Marines who are actually the practitioners or the, or the users of these systems mm-hmm. so that we can understand what it is they want, what they're trying to overcome. I think one of the, one of the challenges would be, to answer your question, one you know, of the challenges is if we mistake modernization for just rewrapping what we currently have mm-hmm. in a modern yeah. wrapper. And, uh, and I don't think that's what the service wants. I think, I think what uh, you know, talent management envisions is, it really is a paradigm shift towards uh, breaking down our antiquated silos, democratizing the information, which is the data that kind of describes our Marines, which is a ton of data, and then what can we get from that data in terms of insight and analytics to be able to kind of optimize and maximize the outputs for the service, whether it's like, let's, let's promote the right Marines, let's get the right commanders in the right position, let's get Marines in the right billets for the requirements of the service, that they're going to be passionate about what they're doing. They're going to be successful yeah. because they love their job. They're going to be retained in the Marine Corps because they see promise and hope in future. Yeah, you know, let's not just
0: rotate a guy out because he's coming right. up on 36 months. And
2: we have all this information, but we're not structured right now to leverage it or take advantage of it. And so I think, you know, one of the challenges, um, and in my opinion, it's, it's not that great a challenge because there's so much uh, support and emphasis from senior leadership is that we've got to break down you know, decades and decades of the way we've always done things mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. realize that there's there's better ways to do them. And it's going to be, you know, organizational change management or OCM in this whole thing is, you know, people who've been around this IT field for a long time would say the hardest thing you're going to do is OCM, you know, organizational change management. Um, you know, I, I don't know if this is true or not, I probably shouldn't say this on a podcast, but I like to say too that like, for what our visions are and what we want to do, I would suggest there are no technical gaps it's the only inhibition is our ability as an organization to kind of get together and see that vision and kind of accept the changes that we have to do and, and um, you know identify those those trade off areas or whatever of of you know goodness and speed and velocity and changing the way we do things and accepting that and push through it right yeah and see what the 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 the, uh, the promise is which is you know a a much you know uh, I think uh, much more agile smarter and data informed decision-making mechanism for, uh, for you know, the, the management of our most treasured assets with the individual Marine, all the way from recruitment, all the way, you mm-hmm. know, hire to retire and taking care of me even into retirement and doing throw in a very smart data-informed way. Joe, anything else you wanna?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a perfect characterization. Another thing I would say is, um, you know, one of the challenges is we have to be able to take a look at, uh, at those business processes and as we re-engineer them, determine what's actually culturally unique to the Marine Corps and right. what's necessarily, or maybe not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the things that aren't, maybe go with a commercially available solution that we can put in place very quickly to get those effects of, of data-driven, data-centric talent management. And then, what is culturally unique to the Marine Corps? Maybe spend a more time doing a a custom development solution so that we maintain um, those culturally relevant business processes going forward. And I think that that's something that uh, that we're going to have to take uh, a lot of time to look at to ensure that uh, you know the Marine Corps uh, maintains its its culturally relevant processes.
0: Yeah, it, it seems to me like the big you know the audible back molar sucking sound that you get is when you do start drawing those comparisons with industry, like are we really gonna start taking notes from civilians? But we would be, I think, foolish to not look at how these massive, co- co- successful corporations are retaining people and retaining talent, especially when I think it's pretty obvious we are in direct competition mm-hmm. for this talent. I mean, it's a limited pool. It's not an yeah. endless resource, am I correct?
1: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Talent. Talent's not an endless resource, and then, uh, uh, as you said, we're competing with industry, and potentially, right, um, we're competing with companies and firms that can provide um, more tangible benefits, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, more capital, more time off, right. more whatever you remote work, kind of comfort, right? Right. whatever you want, whatever those creature comforts are, yeah, right? Yeah. So we need, to, we need to come up with ways to tap into the way that they're doing business, but also, again, maintain those culturally development relevant business processes yeah. that we have yeah. and that we hold dear in potentially a custom solution.
0: Yeah, I think that's obviously what I mean. For me, having stepped away a few years ago, it's still very important to me that I retain that marine core in me. I mean, I'm so proud of my service. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that, that is obviously very unique, so we don't want to, we don't want to lose that in the in the process as well, right?
2: Yeah, and I think to your to your question about challenges is, um, it's it's moving with the speed of relevance to to deliver these modernization efforts. And I think Joe hit it exactly: is is segregating the things that are really unique and specific to the Marine Corps and making sure that we, you know, not only don't mess those things up, but we. We move them forward, like we mm. advance them. We make them better than they are now. We capitalize on what's available out there from a technology perspective, too. And then the things that have to get done, but are not necessarily uniquely, you know, specific to us. Lots of people take leave. Yeah. lots of people, you know, they get paid. That's not, not something we want to mess up. The thing. <laughs> right. But there's things out there, right, that are that that we can take advantage of you know, out of the box solutions uh, and deploy those things relatively quickly and focus our development efforts on the things that are really uniquely in Marine Corps, but we gotta make it all work together seamlessly. uh, And we have to deliver an experience for the Marines that's not just, you know, functional and useful, but it is joyful. And then from the perspective too that like, hey, I got a PCS, that's fine. Like maybe I'm excited about where I'm going, but the process of PCSing is is as easy as you know, uh, you know, applying for a car loan or a car loan or something like that on my cell phone.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right,
2: and so those technologies exist out there. There's business processes, you know, on the back end are that are a little bit more complex. Obviously, we have to deal in a secure environment. We're dealing with PII, mm-hmm. you know, PHI. We have to protect that information for our service members. But that 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 user experience for being able to do their normal manpower tasks should be uh, in a manner that uh, is not cumbersome and that is similar to the experience they have in, you know, in banking or you know, social media or whatever the case is, sure. is, is. These are modern interfaces that we have to, yeah. to give to Marines because that's our population.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, the, That is part of the cultural fabric right. now at this point. Yeah, right. so we definitely, yeah, absolutely. Well, sir, um, while we're at Modern Day Marine, this morning you gave a talk over at the, uh, at the Marine yeah. area on accelerated, accelerated Acquis- acquisition. Yeah, how did that go? I mean, I'm the wrong
2: guy to ask. You should, you know, <laughs> How do you feel about ask it? Ask the people
0: that left after five minutes.
2: <laughs> no, I mean it's. Um, uh, well, it was
0: only four-minute briefs. So you're good, sir.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know. I mean, I think I, I opened it by saying that I'm not an expert in Accelerator acquisition. I, I think what I can share is what I've seen, uh, you know, work well or not work well on teams. Uh, and I think from an industry perspective too. I mean, you know, the, the relationship with industry is really interesting. Uh, th- these events are critical because there's there's all this capability out there too. Uh, And I think ultimately at the end of the day, you know, yes, we have the same objectives, right? Which is delivering this capability to our Marines out there or whatever. But industry is incentivized by a different set of incentives Mm -hmm. than we are. Mm -hmm. And so I think, um, you know, understanding that on the government side and understanding what's important to those guys. You know, cash flows versus different things, whatever, too. And kind of structuring our contracts so that, like, when they do something that enables us to be successful, they're also successful within their own organizations, et cetera. They get more support for their company because it's, it's... it's prosperous for their organizations, uh, you know. Obviously, at a reasonable rate and all that kind of <laughs> right. stuff like that. But I think as we talk about going fast and doing accelerated acquisition, I, I just tried to, to re- relay to our industry partners some of the things that go into that calculation from a government PM perspective too, in terms of you know access to access to existing contracts and authorities to operate for our environments and um, life
0: cycle management. Yeah, type and then stuff. just
2: understanding that you know we we want to go. You know, the, the, oh, we are we are moving as fast as we can for our senior leaders. You know, within a budget cycle where, yeah, you know, we were able to, uh, you know, to kind of communicate what we're trying to do for, you know, POM Twenty Five. There've been some previous efforts stuff like that. But we're in a year of execution. We we're still up in February, right, of this past year. But you know, what we owe the senior leaders, who they want, is like you got to have outcomes in twenty three. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, how do you do that? You know, and so you, you figure it out. You go talk to industry. You find out. We we and we found you know, partnerships that are out there funded at OSD level, the organizations that are looking for customers in the, in the MNRA, some of the fo- the data scientists over at MNRA, like these amazing customers that can get in a platform and start delivering outputs that don't necessarily require a financial transaction because it's already funded by somebody else. Like, right, and right. you gotta get out of your shell and go find those things. And I think just trying to relay to, um, to industry, you know, what are the headwinds, right, for us to be able to go, you know, buy their thing and move forward. Um, So hopefully it's helpful, but I think, you know, uh, for us understanding what's important in industry, and likewise, industry understanding the environment that we operate in, and finding that happy medium is a key to going fast and and being successful in doing so.
0: Sure, and I think just the fact that you guys are broaching, or or, inviting the conversation, I think is extremely important, because I think much in the same way as we were talking about competing with industry, it seems like when it comes to acquisitions and the modernization efforts we're going through we're competing with near-peer threats Absolutely. who don't have the same sort of I hate to use the word cumbersome but the clunkier, slower very thorough, deliberate process that we have yeah. in some ways is extremely beneficial for the taxpayer but as far as fielding modernized equipment or making a shift from analog systems to something next generation it's going to kind of keep us behind some of our competition right
2: yeah I think I mean I, th- I mean it's a great point I take it from from a you know Marine Corps acquisition person too you know I challenge a little bit by, by offering this too is that you know there are there are a lot of authorities that that and, and that we're given and a lot of um, authority that we're given to run programs to be able to tailor our programs to tailor things in or out from the the acquisition cycle um, we have we have there's a lot of ways within the federal acquisition regulation and even the, kind of some non-FAR allowances we have through OTAs and things like that to be able to go to go fast. It it really is uh, about um, I think teams orientation, bias for action, acceptable risk tolerance, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just move. Just understand where you're trying to go, and you know it's it's not two weeks from now. It's today or tomorrow. Like let's get going. All that time matters, or whatever. And we have a lot of things that we can do, and if we don't, shame on us. And I think that's kind of one of the whole pieces too. Is there's certainly a, a partnership piece fit out there too, but I think it's a crutch to say, you know, our competitors are not encumbered by these things or whatever too. I would say shame on us if we don't figure out every avenue to be able to, to operate within that construct responsibly, uh, but um, as as nimbly as we possibly can. Yeah, and, you know, and it's like it's it's one of those things is you, you can't do everything all at once. And so it's, it's so important to have that relationship with the functionals uh, to understand what's most important to right. you. Right. Yeah. You get after that first and you deliver, I don't want to say what percentage solution, but you deliver something. Yeah, move move the ball forward. And then yeah. you do it iteratively. Yeah. And I think if you just wait to deliver it all at once, you're never going to get there, and you got to start. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, you know.
1: And I, I think one thing that uh, that is helping us accelerate is we're, we're transitioning from a. Uh, systems-based acquisition approach to a capabilities-based acquisition approach. And this is one of the big things that Colonel Bailey has brought on board with the the Mitsum team is, you know, we need to move away from purchasing a specific system to do a specific thing, and we need to take a look at capability acquisition. Mm. We want talent management, talent intelligence solutions, right, that's a capability. That could be many different systems, it could be many different platforms, it could be many different applications, but it gives us that flexibility we need to be able to acquire what we want to move forward.
0: No, that's a really great point. Well, gentlemen, I know that you're super busy. I really appreciate you taking the time, Thanks, though, Jake. to great sit down to with us. This is great. I know our listeners are taking a ton from this. Modern day Marines this is really exciting being on the floor, but thank you so much, sir, yeah. for coming in. It's Thanks great for to the see chance. you It's great to see you too. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. It. All right. Thank you. I, okay. Scuttlebutt is a production of the Marine Corps Association. I am William Trudy, but you've also heard the voices or contributions of Vic Rubel, USMC retired. Anti-Lichman, or Ty Frazier. The opinions expressed in this episode do not reflect the official standards of the Marine Corps, DOD,
2: or Marine Corps Association.